Today is May 12, 2020. Dr. Anthony Fauci will be warning the Senate not to reopen the country too quickly. Dr. Fauci is also suggesting that more than one vaccine will be needed to combat the COVID-19 pandemic. A new study shows that hydroxychloroquine does not work to treat the coronavirus. In the city of Wuhan, officials are formulating a plan to test the entire population of 11 million people. Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf threatens consequences for counties that violate his lockdown order. Major League Baseball is proposing opening day in early July. And air travel in the future will likely look very different for passengers. This is C19 Daily. I'm Frank Schultz. And I'm Karen Romano. Karen, it looks like top two stories are focused on Dr. Fauci. And the first one, he's going to essentially brief the Senate today about um, opening the country too quickly. So, you know, like what's the right time period or what's he saying? Or is it just too soon? He's saying maybe too quickly or too prematurely. Now, remember, Dr. Fauci is self-quarantining. So he'll be videoing in to the Senate. To, to give his opinion on where we're at with COVID-19 in the US. So basically just saying that let's not do it too quickly, too prematurely, or else you're gonna see likely a big rise in cases again, as people start to move around and start to interact with each other, that the virus will be spreading. So, and it's not surprising, he's been saying this the whole time. You have to be very careful, very slow. Don't be too quick to take actions to try to get back to normal, or else you're gonna be right back where you were you know, a few weeks ago. When you started, yeah. Yeah. And the other part of that, I guess he wants to wait, obviously, until we have a vaccine, but he's also saying we should have multiple vaccines. And, um, like, right. is that is that because there's different, you know, may, people may react differently to different vaccines, or what's the thinking behind multiple vaccines that need to be available here? So he's focusing in on this other article around needing more than one vaccine because of likely you're going to have um, a supply and demand type of problem. So mm-hmm. they think a single vaccine will um, be a, the, the need for that vaccine is, not, is going to exceed what they can supply. So you're going to want to have more than one being supplied to try to keep up with that. You want to get as many people as possible vaccinated. And in order to do that, you're going to need likely more than one vaccine. It makes so you it's, wonder it's, at what point do these pharmaceutical companies that are working on the vaccine actually ramp up production? Is it, you know, while they're doing testing to be ahead of the game or, you know, then they risk having to throw things away? Yeah, I've, so. I've actually seen that debated and, and one um, one person was kind of talking about that saying, well, at the very worst, you, you wasted a lot of money. But because this is so critical, if the vaccine looks like it's promising as they're waiting for final approval, most of these pharmaceuticals are able to ramp up and start the production ahead of time. So it's ready the day yeah. it's approved. And, and I've seen that you got ahead of pharmaceutical. It. They'll, they'll do that. I have seen that um, in working in that space in the past where they'll be ready the day it's approved to have some supply available, you know, that for the, the next day or whatever. Um, so it's not completely out of the question that they would do that, especially not in this case. That makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and, and just like the day of the week ends in Y today, hydroxychloroquine still does not cure coronavirus. So yes. um, we've talked about this over and over again, and um, it still doesn't work. <laughs> so yeah, so this, this is another, another new study says that hydroxychloroquine um, 
shows that it is not effective against fighting COVID-19. And I know like over the last few weeks, there were some thought that it could, you know, there was some hope or some thought that it could work. Um, however, the study saying that they're not finding it to be effective against COVID-19. And in fact, there's an increased risk of um, heart problems, heart attacks mm -hmm. for people who do take it. So it looks like um, the only thing that the FDA really has been, has approved that I'm aware of is remdesivir as far as for a treatment. And um, so that's now they're trying to get that, um, you know, production wise, making sure they have enough of it. So yeah, hydroxychloroquine is not the answer. It doesn't look like. Still not, still won't work. Right. <laughs> yep. Um, in other news, uh, Wuhan, which obviously is you know where the where this started and where we've traced it back to, um, is starting to reopen, and they're starting to see pockets of the virus kind of spreading around. So now they want to test all of their residents. They have 11 million people they want to test. Yeah, and we've talked about this many times. I remember you saying testing, 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 <laughs> right? Yeah. So, um, so they start. They haven't had any new cases since April 3rd until recently. Um, to mm -hmm. your point where they they've had like little pockets of outbreaks. So they are coming up with a plan to get their entire population uh, tested. Now, what are they going to do to test? Doesn't really say in this article, just that they know that testing is important. Um, and they're they're coming up with it. They're calling a 10 day battle <laughs> um, mm -hmm. for their test plan to get everyone tested. They do have schools um, reopened there. Uh, businesses are starting to slowly open. Public transport has also resumed. So you definitely have a lot of people moving around, coming into contact with each other. So they want to um, start to test to make sure that they don't have a resurgence of, of, this, of the outbreak. Got it. That makes sense. A battle, a skirmish. Yes, you know, a 10 day so. battle. Yep. Right. Makes sense. Makes sense. And as we look at battles, you know, in our state that we're in, Pennsylvania, you know, the governor here, um, it's amazing how this this is becoming, you know, more of a partisan issue than not, when in reality, it's, uh, the virus doesn't care, you know, what color, uh, religion, uh, race, uh, belief, gender, whatever you are, but uh, right. apparently we care if you're Republican or Democrat, because the Democratic governor is trying to keep the state locked down, President Trump, who's obviously Republican, is tweeting that Pennsylvanians want to be liberated, or Pennsylvanians want to be liberated. Um, I don't need to be liberated, I just want to be safe. So um, yeah. it looks like now we're getting some push and pull even within the state. So as the states are pushing and pulling with the federal government, now we're seeing counties in Pennsylvania having a push and pull with the state. And it looks like some of them are trying to reopen um, and they're, I think, Republican. Yeah, they're all Republican, yeah, yes. Which is interesting, right? Um, cause the governor, in case, you know, people aren't aware the governor's trying to phase in openings in essentially regions or groups of counties as the number of cases goes below an acceptable level, right. you know, he'll reopen. I think the whole state was set to be reopened the first week of June. Given the yeah, I think it's June, frame. June 4th is when they're going to mm -hmm. take that, um, stay at home order it was supposed to be lifted. It keeps getting extended, but, um, most recently it's June 4th and we have, uh, 20 some, I can't remember the exact number, counties that are in what they call yellow. So they're phasing in um, reopening because their numbers of cases are low enough that they can start to rephase. But then you have a number of other counties that are still what they call red and are not allowed to be reopening. 
while we have some of those Republican-led counties saying, you know what, I don't care what you say, I'm, we're going to open anyway. So uh, Governor Wolf has come back and said, you know what, there's going to be some consequences. If you're going to go against the orders here that we have in place, we're going to take action. Um, and what were some of those order or some of the consequences? That I know they were talking about if you were if you were a restaurant, you had a liquor license, they would pull your liquor license. I think there's potentially an impact to your business insurance, um, which I think might be tied to a state fund, uh, kind of tied around that. Um, and there were some other things depending upon the type of business. So, like if you were a licensed business, they might pull your license, like a like a um, barber shop or, um, you know, again a restaurant. You know, you have to have certifications, things like that. So. But some of those are controlled by the county and some are yeah. controlled by the state too. So um, it's, it's kind of interesting, but I do know they also said that they would not allow the county to receive flow through federal funding. Yeah, I see that. The Discretionary federal stimulus funds, right? Could mm -hmm. be blocked. Um, there could be, say businesses could be sued and then to your point, losing their liquor licenses. So um, he's basically saying like, you can't go and reopen and go against the what I put in place there will be some consequences and um, see if he falls through on them. And if these, if these counties actually go through with it, I know people yeah. are, you know, they're tired of this. Everyone's tired of it. Everyone's We're all tired frustrated. Of being We're all frustrated. Right? right. But I mean, there's, there's, you know, being alive and frustrated or being free and dead, <laughs> you know, I hate right. to call it that way, but <laughs> um, those are kind of your two options. And maybe not, you know, obviously we're seeing people that are asymptomatic, but in the same regard, um, you know, freedom, Freedom always has a cost, but freedom here definitely has, you know, some sort of a, a cost or a tax um, on it. But um, kind of to flip to, you know, a happy story. And then I think we, I don't think we ended with a happy story today. No, kind of more like all around reopening, I think, towards the end. Reopening, exactly. Reopen, so, reopen, reopen. We want to get back to normal. <laughs> yeah, so as I said a couple of weeks ago, and, you know, I honestly would love to be at a baseball game right now with the weather the way it is. And, I don't know. It's spring, and um, I played baseball for years, so I think think about it in the spring. And um, looks like Major League Baseball is going to try and reopen July fourth, um, and then yes. spring training would start mid June. So uh, I think they're going to shorten the season by like half, though, right? Yeah, it's good. Um, so the article talks about Major League Baseball um, are going to submit a proposal. I believe it's today or this week around how they're going to start the, or how they would like to start the 2020 season. To your point, not opening to around July 4th, that weekend. Um, but it, it talks about like the need to shorten it to around 82 games. How are they going to pay their players? Because it's a shortened season. So they have to, you know, they have to negotiate that. And there's no real discussion around how fans would be involved because really fans would not be able to come to these games until you're allowed to have large gatherings. Got it. So I kind of so discussed trying to get back to normal. So I'm not going to see a TV. baseball game in person. Yeah. Yeah. Or, <laughs> maybe on TV. Yeah, maybe on TV. It's a step towards normal. If they allow cameramen. <laughs> yeah, if they allow cameramen into the field or if they have robotic cameras. Yeah, but it's just another story that highlights people trying to get back to normal. What is this new normal going to look like? Um, and MLB is ready to go. They want to get an opening day, and I'm sure plenty of people would love to watch it on TV because, you know what, it's better than nothing. <laughs> it's yep. better than, hey, I'd rather be there in person, too. But Yeah, you can only watch so many baseball yet. games from 1982 on, uh, on replay before <laughs> you want something new. Give me something new, yeah. 
Um, and, 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 you know, I was looking through the lineup, uh, you know, you say it's a theme of reopening. This last one bums me out. I love to travel. I actually said to somebody last night, I just want to hop on a plane, go to some, go to one of my favorite restaurants in one of my travel cities and have dinner out. And, uh, all that seems very far away right now, but it looks like traveling is just going to be a little crazier. Um, uh, yes. to, cause I need to sanitize and distance and, um, and everything, you know, I think airlines were trying to pack more people into a plane and now they're not going to be able to, um, what's, what else? I mean, what's it going to be like going to the airport? So, um, I don't really like traveling. Unlike you, <laughs> I do it right. I do it. I do like getting to my destination though. I like the destinations. Um, unfortunately it looks like it's going to take a lot longer to get through the whole process of traveling in airports. So this article is talking about the things that are going to change. And one thing is it could take up to four hours to get yourself checked in. Um, there's going to be social distancing, the sanitation that you talked about, um, wider um, spaces for lines because you have to like space yourself apart. They're going to need more time to disinfect or clean the planes. A lot of things are going to change and, and in an effort to make it safer for people to not get the virus or future viruses, uh, but it's going to take a lot longer. So you're going to not only have to pack your suitcase, but pack your patients <laughs> in the future, it looks like. Wow. That was well done, Karen. Well done. Hey, you like that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't look forward to that. I want to travel again, but um, that's going to be crazy. Absolutely and I think, um, so I, I'm going to end on an, a very positive note is that we do have a upcoming series of podcasts through the rest of this week that are actually, I fit, I was part of them with Jason Zimmerman. So we interviewed three experts to talk about what reopening might look like and things to do to get ready for that. So three experts coming in. One is Lee Cockerell, and he's the former executive VP of operations at Walt Disney World. So um, he talks about leadership and what leaders need to do to you know, lead employees and make employees feel comfortable um, mm -hmm. coming back to work. We have Dr. Larry Barton, who is also going to give some recommendations around you know, what are the best ways to get people back to normal, whatever that new normal looks like. He talks about being human first, you know, makes it very relatable around um, how to do this successfully. And then finally, we have Jesse Stanley, who is the principal of StrongSide and also the former security senior management at Walt Disney World. And he talks about disruptive behaviors and what to kind of look out for in employees, but also how do you address um, certain behaviors if you see them in employees and try to bring that down a little bit. Because people are gonna be very anxious when they go back to work. Um, there's gonna be a lot going on, maybe at home, you don't have childcare, uh, a lot of stressors for people that could come back out and work right when you return to work and um, just talks about different things you can do to address that it's really a great series of podcasts with these experts and I, I highly recommend tuning into them it was it was yeah. really fun and uh, great to listen to as we recorded those I'm super excited to to have you know to hear these these speakers and and uh these guests and get them, uh, get them on there. And I think everyone, you know, definitely, if you're going to listen, listen the next three days. And, um, I think it's going to be super helpful, informative, and, um, just love the discussion and, uh, and the dialogue. So, um, looking forward to it. I think it's going to be great. Yeah. It's, 
highly recommend it. So tune in for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you, Karen. And uh, thank you everyone for listening today. That's it for us today on May 12th, 2020. I'm Frank Schultz. And I'm Karen Romano. And that's it for us on C19 Daily. Stay safe and we have Lee Cockrell back on tomorrow. We'll see you then.